Welcome to the Haringey Education Partnership Brief. It's Saturday, the 21st of October. I'm Luke, and I'm here with this special half-term edition of the Education Brief to bring you up to date with what's happening in education. Here's what you need to know this week. The Assessment and Qualifications Alliance, or AQA, has announced that GCSEs may potentially be moving online from 2026. This would begin with the reading and listening components of GCSE Italian and Polish, and eventually move on to digital exams for major subjects by 2030. The AQA made the announcement based on a poll of parents, SENCOs, and students, and believes digital exams will help with teacher workload in the long run. The DFE's £370 million school funding error has prompted calls for Schools Minister Nick Gibb to resign. Barry Shearman, Labour MP for Huddersfield, accused the Schools Minister of the demoralization of the education centre of our country, alongside calling for his resignation. As for his own defence, Gibb said that the miscalculation was unfortunate but assured Parliament that no money had been taken out of the school budget. New pay scales for teachers and school leaders for 2023 to 2024 were confirmed last week by the DFE. The 6.5% increase for all school teachers and leaders still represents a real-term pay cut. For England, excluding London, the minimum salary in the main pay range has been increased to £30,000. You can view all the pay scales on the official DFE documents or in convenient tables on Schools Week. This week's Deep Dive, the Education Policy Institute Annual Report 2023. On the 12th of October, the EPI published the first installment of its 2023 annual report on the state of education in England. This part of the report focuses on the attainment gap between disadvantaged pupils and their peers up to the end of secondary school. Nationally, the gap between poorer pupils and their peers continued to widen in 2022. But the EPI found new trends affecting the youngest children and those with special educational needs. This week's Deep Dive is about those trends. Before we get started, let's set the context. In transitioning back to exams and pre-pandemic grading in 2022, adaptations were made to exams, and results were broadly set at a midpoint between the grades of 2021 and 2019. This analysis considers the longer-lasting impacts of the pandemic on attainment gaps for cohorts aged 5, 11, and 16 in 2022. So aged 5 is key stage 1, age 11, that's the end of key stage 2, and 16, the end of key stage 4. The key characteristics examined in the report are disadvantage, send, and ethnicity. Later reports will include EAL, age groups 16 through 19, and subnational divisions of the statistics. The report starts off looking at disadvantage gaps. 
Long-term progress in closing those gaps actually began to stall even before the pandemic. The report says it could take another decade to return to 2019 levels. At age five, disadvantaged pupils were already 4.8 months behind their peers in 2022. For reference, in 2019, they were 4.2 months behind. And the worst the disadvantaged gap has been before that was in 2014, where they were 4.9 months behind. At the end of primary school, the disadvantage gap widened to 10.3 months. At the end of secondary school, it was even longer at 18.8 months. Children with a high persistence of poverty were 12.2 months behind non-disadvantaged peers at the end of primary school. So that's almost a year behind their non-disadvantaged peers. And 22.7 months, almost two years, behind at the end of secondary. Even prior to the pandemic, there was no progress in reducing these inequalities for children with a high persistence of poverty. When the EPI adjusted for changes in free school meal eligibility, it provided evidence that gaps for persistently disadvantaged pupils may have widened even further since 2019. Next, the report looks at SEND. Children with special educational needs and disabilities have some of the largest attainment gaps, but there has been progress in gap narrowing, especially for older pupils and those with less significant needs. So that's hopeful. At reception, EHCPs had a gap of 19.7 months, and the SEND support gap was 12.4 months. These gaps have been widening ever since 2013, but were exacerbated by the pandemic. At Key Stage 2, EHCPs were 28.3 months behind, and SEND support pupils were 18.1 months behind. Gaps have narrowed since 2011, but slower progress has been made recently. And, in fact, EHCP progress has completely reversed, widening the gaps since 2016. At Key Stage 4, EHCP pupils were 40.7 months behind, which is about three years behind their non-EHCP peers. Send support pupils were 23 months behind, so almost two years. These gaps have actually been narrowing since 2011, including during the pandemic, but the pandemic did slow that narrowing down a bit. Next, the report looks at ethnicity. Now, it's important to remember that attainment varies significantly between ethnic groups and in ethnic groups as well. But, in general... What they found was that the attainment of white British pupils, the largest ethnic group, had declined relative to other groups post-pandemic. Other ethnic groups have actually been able to narrow the gap, but that is with the exception of white and black Caribbean pupils. At age five, four groups are ahead of white British pupils in 2022. Chinese, white Irish, white and Asian, and Indian. But these gaps are very small, around under two months. Gypsy Roma and Irish traveler pupils were the lowest attaining, around eight months behind white British pupils. 
which is similar to 2019 levels. At the end of primary school, the highest attaining group, Chinese pupils, were 10.7 months ahead, while the second highest attaining group, Indian pupils, were 8.8 months ahead of the white British pupils. The lowest attaining group remained Gypsy Roma at 19.2 months behind, and Irish Traveler at 18.2 months behind. Black Caribbean and white and black Caribbean pupils also fell worryingly behind, around four months, compared to the one to two months that they were behind since the beginning of primary school. By the end of secondary school, Chinese pupils were 24.2 months, or about two years, ahead of white British pupils, while Gypsy Roma pupils were over 2.5 years behind. Higher attaining ethnic groups at GCSE pulled further away from white British pupils, while lower attaining groups have generally narrowed the gap, with the exception of white and black Caribbean pupils. The final part of the report includes conclusions and policy recommendations from the API. Quote, In many cases, the patterns of the last few years continue a long-term trend where progress in gap narrowing had ground to a halt, or even started to reverse. Now, obviously the pandemic generally exacerbated this, but it is not inevitable. The EPI suggests that the DFE publish a strategy on how it will reduce the disadvantage gap after the pandemic. They claim there is urgent need for a cross-government child poverty strategy recognizing and addressing social determinants of educational inequalities, most notably poverty, housing, health care, and transport. Higher levels of funding are needed for disadvantage, weighted toward persistently disadvantaged pupils. The DFE should ensure persistently disadvantaged pupils can be easily identified by schools and therefore get the help that they need. The EPI also calls for more effective support for the youngest children with SEND and children with the most significant SEND. That can be done through teacher training, reviewing the high-needs budget, access to professionals like educational psychologists, and improving mental health services. The EPI also says that the DFE needs to develop an understanding of why attainment of some ethnic groups was more impacted by the pandemic than that of others. And that concludes the EPI report. Coming up at HEP. It's half term, so no professional learning events will take place at HEP this coming week. But keep an eye out for some of these events on the horizon. Monday, the 6th of November, is an exciting day with two highly anticipated sessions. From 9.30 a.m. to noon, Margaret Mulholland and Catherine Walsh are hosting Leading Send from a Mainstream Perspective. In the afternoon, from 4 to 5 p.m., is the Walkthroughs for Behavior session with Nat Hussain. On the 7th of November is the Introduction to Coaching, HEP Level 1 Coaching Course. This is the first of four required sessions, and it runs from 2.30 to 4.30 p.m. Finally, in December, don't miss our 2023 Racial Equity Conference. It takes place from 9.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. on the 8th, and is free to attend, so sign up now on the HEP Booking Hub. (laughs) 
This week, we've been watching AI is going to change education forever. Are you ready for it? From Dan Fitzpatrick. Dan Fitzpatrick comes to Thinking Digital to discuss how artificial intelligence will dramatically change formal education as we know it. While that might sound threatening to teachers, Dan foresees a future where AI can bring huge improvements to education, making our system far better for students, educators, and society. This week, we've been listening to What Makes a Good School on BBC Radio 4 Analysis. How should we evaluate schools? Is it about delivering a wide range of subjects or extra activities and pastoral care that make a good school? Who gets to decide what is a good school and what does that mean to different people? Many people are influenced by the four Ofsted grades and Ofsted reports. So what does research tell us about how consistent those judgments are? This podcast from BBC Radio 4 talks to a range of professors, chief executives, researchers, and other experts about these questions and more. This week, we've been reading Five Ways You Can Use ChatGPT in the Classroom, Part 1, on HEP Insights. This is Part 1 of my series on how teachers can use ChatGPT in their classrooms. It aims to provide practical strategies for teachers to use the AI tool and suggests prompts that you can adapt for your own usage. If you haven't tried generative AI yet, see if this blog post can serve as your introduction to it. The focus of part one is using AI to create personalized learning experiences. That's it for our 21st of October HEP Education Brief. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, share on social media, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This brief has been written and produced by myself, Luke Kemper. Original music by Slow Pony. That's S-L-O Pony. We hope you have a wonderful half-term break, and we'll see you next week.